1: And he was discriminating against Asians. Said if you if you hire the wrong people, we'll will will dock your pay. We'll will we'll terminate you. Mm-hmm. And his one of his subsidiary companies, Red Hat, the chairman of that company, which is owned by IBM, said they have terminated people if they don't mm-hmm. follow along with these racial quotas. And our lawyers said that's a violation of the Civil Rights Act to use that kind of discriminate discrimination in the hiring process.
0: Wherever you guys are watching this show, I would truly appreciate it if you follow or subscribe. It helps a lot with the algorithm. It helps us get bigger and better guests, and it helps us grow the team. truly means a lot. Thank you guys for supporting, and here's the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We're here with James O'Keefe today to expose some companies, aren't we? That's right. Yeah, so the latest one was IBM, I believe. You bet. What happened there? Well, there's a CEO of IBM,
1: uh, Arvind Krishna. Was on an all staff call, and one of the higher ups in IBM provided that recording to me. And he was discriminating against Asians. Said if you if you hire the wrong people, we'll 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 dock your pay, we'll 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 terminate you. Mm-hmm. And his one of his subsidiary companies, Red Hat, the chairman of that company, which is owned by IBM, said they have terminated people if they don't mm-hmm. follow along with these racial quotas. And our lawyer said that's a violation of the Civil Rights Act to use that kind of discriminate discrimination in the hiring process. Right.
0: That's interesting because there are certain. T- are there laws that make it required to hire certain races and genders?
1: Well, there are laws that prohibit discriminating on the basis of race and gender, and and then Title Title Seven, and, and also this recent Harvard Supreme Court case, which makes it even more problematic. And and as I was coming into your podcast, I was just recording one on a pharmaceutical company called Sanofi. Same mm-hmm. sort of thing. The vice president was 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 on a, 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 a Zoom meeting with it, with her leadership, yeah, and she was saying this, this, "You you must hire." these many people of color, et cetera. So it's a, it's problematic. And and the CEO of IBM responded uh, on another all emergency, all staff call brought me up and said, now don't, now don't give this any reaction. But Mm -hmm. he was telling that to the whole company (laughs) and that was leaked to me and I published it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You think he would have found out who leaked it the first time before having another call? (laughs) You know, I've been
1: doing this for 20 years. I'm 39. I started when I was 19 and I've never seen this sort of explosion of, of whistleblowing before. It's, wow! It, it, one or two people usually, and they'll fire the person. That's why. But but if there's a hundred people leaking and talking and providing information, there's really yeah. not much the leadership can do.
0: That's true. So, what do you think caused this spike in whistleblowing recently?
1: It's a gr- That's a great question. Um, I think a couple factors. Uh people are generally, they're they're more passionate, I think about doing the right thing and following their conscience than they've ever been. Politics has become more important in society. There's more at stake and um, there just seems to be something happening. I mean, the world's on fire. People are very divided. Uh, People place a a lot of emphasis on on their conscience more than they ever seem to have Mm -hmm. before. And maybe people are overcoming their fear as well.
0: Yeah, I think maybe social media is amplified. Amplified it a bit, people are more open to speak about it if they see more people exposing things as well. I think
1: so. I think that's that's another variable.
0: Yeah. Um and you also expose BlackRock, right?
1: We did a story on BlackRock that was in June. Uh that was a, a a recruiter at BlackRock saying that they buy the wallets of politicians and they don't want people to know about their their influence and mm. this is a guy that was uh Met an undercover reporter on on Bumble or, or Tinder or Hinge. That's where we meet a lot of the people. And they're they're loose lipped and they talk over lunch or dinner <laughs> and they share, spill their secrets.
0: Wow! So you got undercover people on Bumble? Yes. That is smart because they would never expect to find an undercover person there.
1: Correct. It's sometimes the subject reaches out to our person as opposed to us trying to like kind of target someone. We don't we don't really set out to uh, find a particular person. We, oh, got we, it you know, we kind of cast a wide net and the stories
0: tend to find us. Yeah. So are there any large companies just doing things by the books or is there corruption at every single one of them? I
1: think there's, you know, Lincoln Stevens was a legendary muckraker 110 years ago. He said, you can shoot me out of a gun and wherever I land, there's a story, or you could throw me at a dartboard and wherever I land, there's going to be a story. It's just human nature. Right. And I think people say and do things that they're, N- not willing to publicly disclose. There are there are demons inside of all of us. Perhaps mm-hmm. there are skeletons in everyone's closet. Um, there has to be a certain threshold where the public has a right to know it. Yeah. But there usually is always a story somewhere, and there's a...
0: Shut Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And... What do I even say other than... Hey... Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. To today's sponsor, NordVPN, my personal favorite VPN. You can change your virtual location very easily with Nord with one click and sometimes even zero click if you want to have on auto connect. It's got amazing speed, it's probably one of the fastest VPNs out there in my experience and you can use one Nord account on six devices to make sure the whole fan's taken care of. You can also use it to avoid price discrimination so you can see if certain products or services are cheaper in other areas or regions, which I have personally used on flights and believe it or not, I've saved some money. You can also use it to secure your connection, protect yourself from hackers, especially in public locations like airports, hotels, etc., you can make sure you're safe there. It's supported on every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, etc. So don't worry about where you can use it. They got you taken care of. You can get an exclusive deal at the link in the description. Nordvpn.com slash DHS. If you're listening on audio, we will link it in the video. It's risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Check it out, guys.
1: A, a stunning lack of integrity in in, in within people and institutions has become very greedy. Um, and maybe, maybe it was that way, all of it, we just never knew. Could be, uh, right. But, uh, nowadays, you know, you, there's a, there's a concerted effort to, uh, um, with what we do, exposing people. I think, um, people are afraid of getting caught. Yeah. But I, but there's arrogance, there's a sort of conceit, is narcissism or nihilism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and people keep. People keep doing the dirty deeds.
0: That's true. So you haven't seen a slowdown at all since you started twenty years ago.
1: No, it's been actually the, <laughs> the <opposite>. last <laughs> the last couple, the last two weeks. There's been an a exponential uptick with the I, the IBM thing was a first for me because I've never seen so many insiders. Mm. I mean the tw- tw- X. I think Elon Musk. Another variable was the purchase of X. Mm-hmm. I think X is the the greatest thing to happen to to the first amendment of free speech in wow. history of the United States. That's crazy. And I think and I think X is going to eat Instagram for breakfast in terms of how much engagement that you get. You, you get can a just lot. put a video on X, like your investigative report, put it right on X, and bam, it blows up as long as you've got the goods. Yeah. So that IBM, I was getting DMs, boom, 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 boom. Like, I mean, 190 DMs from IBM employees just mm. DMing me on That's
0: X. Insane.
1: I mean, I've never seen that before.
0: Yeah. And X won't, is the one platform where you can't get shadow banned.
1: That's what they say. I I don't know how it works. I, I was banned on Twitter in 2021. What did you get banned for? Um, there was an incident where we filmed outside of a um, Facebook executive's house in Palo Alto, and mm-hmm. we failed to blur the number on the lamppost uh, outside of his house.
0: So a D-docs or whatever.
1: Yeah, but first of all, um, CNN ambushed some grandmother outside of her trailer home and didn't blur the number on the house it was definitely
0: a double standard right right dang yeah, yeah that's that's unfortunate because that wasn't your intention but it just so happened to be there
1: yeah so we were very careful about blurring over blurring every license plate every
0: <laughs> oh really so when every, you film uh, now you have to blur car license plates yeah, there's
1: definitely a double standard like we, we go above and beyond you know what typical news organizations do they can get away with doxing people targeting yeah. people and but that's the reason they they gave there was another thing where they said i was creating a fake twitter account because one of my undercover people was using uh, a twitter account And mm. says well you're, you're creating a fake twitter account but that wasn't actually true so i sued twitter for defamation oh wow try to get around section 230 of the communications decency act that didn't work they dismissed the lawsuit and then in december of last year 2022 elon musk reinstated my account
0: nice have you had any communication with him
1: he's just yesterday he's tweeted about um the the spaces that i did on the, oh, on the story i did I'm, I'm in here in las vegas i came from phoenix and um i was reporting on the uh, the buses bringing migrants into the airport mm. the, the, the black limousines so we, I walked up to the limousine driver and said, hey, are you? who do you work for? Migrants are getting off the bus. Mm-hmm. And we did a spaces on that. And, and uh, some of the airline pilots were whistleblowing and went on spaces last night with me and concealed their voice. Now X has a feature where you can distort your voice on oh, space. Oh, wow. So, I, so Elon, I was talking to Elon on Twitter, but I've, I've never met him face to face. But on, yeah. but on I guess, What a cool
0: feature, man, because yeah. now people will really speak up. Correct. Yeah. Um, what caused you to be this passionate 20 years ago? Was there a specific incident?
1: Yeah, I was, um, watching local news and as a high school student, and I was pretty outraged at what I viewed. This is in the late nineties, uh, early two thousands. Um, just the lack of the media's ability to accurately and properly report the news. Mm-hmm. Something inside of me was, um, felt contempt towards the way the media operates. So I started reading newspapers every day or the new york times every day and yeah i'm from new jersey so same
0: i went to Rutgers. i saw you did really as well. yeah
1: uh, star ledger
0: classic i never read it but now I this was
1: 2003 it. so they yeah. gave the usa today star ledger and new york times and i would sit in the dining hall and i would just read from you know 9 a.m to noon i would just read the paper back to back just sort of obsessed with the news and and i became quite passionate about these issues and hmm. uh I eventually started my own little monthly magazine at Rutgers called The Centurion in October,
0: 2004. Mm. That's interesting. So you knew back then, because I feel like people really started waking up when Trump got elected, but you were on this 20 years earlier.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, And a kind of gonzo, kind of gonzo muckraking video. I guess the best way I've heard it described is like Borat meets 60 Minutes. Mm -hmm. And there was this, Group called the yes men i don't know if you've ever heard of them but they yes were Man. an agitprop punk group where they would you know um it's like borat they would go to oil conferences and they would they would um uh dress up as in these large survival ball suits and they yeah. would say the world's going to be global warming's gonna kill <laughs> us all and they would try to put people in these awkward situations and, and expose people so that was one of the inspirations and uh this was 2004 Facebook had not yet even barely started. YouTube didn't exist. Twitter mm-hmm. didn't exist. The iPhone didn't exist. You know, it's certainly a different world now. Yeah. And I had a magazine where I did Adobe Photo InDesign and I laid it all out every month and and just handed them out on campus.
0: Nice. That's cool, man. What a start. Grassroots. And how are you able to expose these companies without opening yourself up legally to getting sued or something like that? Well,
1: oftentimes I do. Get sued. <laughs> I've been sued. Thirty times. I've been uh, sued by the company I founded, <laughs> which ousted me. That's another story uh, uh, here we could discuss. But um, you, you oftentimes the companies don't want to sue because by giving a reaction, they're bringing more attention to, mm. like Google. We did a whistleblower story in Google four years ago, and they didn't sue. They they often peacock or uh, threaten to sue, but I think they're 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 a little bit uh, in danger of
0: feeding. Right. The flames. Because in a discovery, stuff's going to come up, and that could be... You usually you
1: don't want to go that far. If, right. you're, if you're barreling towards discovery, then you're going towards a jury trial. But I've I've gone the distance in, in court. I've gone to jury verdict twice in, in wow. uh, three years. Which companies
0: were those against?
1: The first case was involving um, a woman named Shirley Teeter, who sued me for defamation. Mm. And she was uh, uh, alleged to have bird-dogged at Trump rallies, basically coming up... She was a, a a woman, a Democratic Party woman in North Carolina, and she would get Trump people to sort of punch back at her. Mm. So the idea was that she, was she instigating this or not? Right. So I reported on that, and she sued me for defamation, and it went all the way to a jury trial in North Carolina federal court. Mm-hmm. Took two years. I don't settle these cases, and then right before the jury issued the verdict, the judge threw it out in what's called a directed verdict, which is very rare. Mm. And the judge said, this is ridiculous. If you sued 60 Minutes for what you're suing James O'Keefe for, people would laugh at you. So sometimes you have to take it all the way to the end for, for people to kind of see yeah. how absurd it is. And it's very expensive. And the second case was involving um, a group called Democracy Partners in Washington, D.C. went undercover uh, as volunteers inside this group. And they they sued for breach of fiduciary duty hmm. and trespass. Arguing that I have a duty to the company because I was a volunteer. Now we argue we never signed any documents, no non-disclosure agreements. So that too went to jury verdict, mm. and we and we lost. It is a civil case, not criminal. Got it in D.C., um, and that's currently being appealed.
0: Got it. Wow. Now, how stressful is this? Like dealing with this many legal battles. You said thirty battles since you started. I think it's
1: most stressful managing the lawyers. Dealing yeah. with lawyers is not easy. Yeah,
0: and the cost must be insane.
1: It's just beyond, I mean it's very
0: Are you interested in coming on the Digital Social Hour podcast as a guest? We'll click the application link below in the description of this video. We are always looking for cool stories, cool entrepreneurs to talk to about business and life. Click the application link below and here's the episode, guys.
1: Philanthropic. You really can't be greedy uh, doing this because um, you know, the the profitable thing would be not to not do, do it at all. Right. And 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 you have to figure out how to manage the lawyers, which is <laughs> something I still haven't figured out exactly
0: <laughs> out how to do yeah so you see it as like just the price you pay to be able to expose it's a
1: price and, and I, I don't know if the commercial imperative or making money is compatible with investigative work it, it's very expensive it, it takes a toll on you psychologically emotionally financially and it which is its own type of hell because you know usually these sorts of traumatic things last minutes but this lasts years yeah and if you don't have the right partner or the right wife or the right situation you know they'll put pressure on people around you so you have to make sure you surround yourself with good people
0: wow i don't think many people would want your job man
1: well you know it depends upon what your values are and what your passions are and if you might look at it from the position of i'm passionate about what i do and i'm not focused on the fear and the other secondary effects of it
0: yeah i want to talk about cancel culture which you seem to have just gone through when i was researching you getting ousted from your own company and stuff. So what exactly happened there? I don't exactly quite
1: yet know. I don't, <laughs> I don't think the story has fully come out and perhaps it may, but I mean, I, I, uh, I have my board of directors at a nonprofit organization and five one C three, you know what this five one C three is right, it's a yeah. charitable group. Um, you have to have a board and, and uh, we did this story on Pfizer. I don't know if you saw that in, in, yeah. uh, in, January, February, it was the, it was the biggest, most watched video I ever did. and, mm. And then right after that story, there was kind of an emergency and, and they, they had a board meeting on February 6th and a six hour long meeting. And they had a bunch of what, what a lot of people felt were bizarre grievances against me. Mm. Like I stole this woman's sandwich or I took black, black limo, black cars instead of Uber X. And, um, there's nothing illegal about taking a black car. One would argue that perhaps I should be having a driver who's not a random driver, um so we had to hire a driver for me and these sorts of things and they yeah. brought these things up and and then they they had a they had a vote and they indefinitely suspended me without Was the pay. vote unanimous? Um the minutes I made public in a, my departure video I believe there was one board member who who voted against it. There were there was a C3 and a C4, five 1 C4 and the first in the meeting they combined the two boards so mm-hmm. now there was five people and then one of them voted against it. So that's uh, a real guy right there. Yeah. And, and he actually died. Uh, Oh, whoa. Steve Alembic, he passed away. Um, that's a shame. Two months ago, he committed. What? Suicide. Yeah.
0: Okay. That seems, I mean, I got to look into yeah. that more, but that seems weird to me.
1: It's a whole, yeah. So anyway, that was a very difficult thing, but I learned a lot. And, and, uh, sometimes as crazy as sounds, um, what happened to me there, I think things happen for a reason. And, um, I started a new company called OMG. It's it's going very well right now and I've got a really solid core team and Nice. I learned a lot about human nature and and you know sometimes the enemy is not not out, out external it's it's uh, right next to you. It's right next to you. And it's, that's crazy cuz sometimes you st- it's inside you. It's right. it's the people you surround yourself with.
0: It's And you started that company. That was your baby.
1: Yeah, I started in my dad's attic when I was 24 yeah. with with nothing but a Crappy laptop and a Yeti microphone
0: and a credit card. And the fact that they're able to kick you out of your own company, having a Steve Jobs, too, is just
1: crazy to me. Yeah, but we know how that story ended up. I mean, I think it took him right. how many years? Five, ten years? A to while, yeah. Get back He her. started Next, and then he sold Next to Apple. Mm-hmm. So it's very painful. And um, you know that that saying, what doesn't <laughs> you makes you stronger. You're familiar with like, his Nietzsche yep. or whoever. Well, people have to remember the first part of that saying, what does not <laughs> you. So you, you have to survive it. Yeah. And, and if, you, if you do survive it, it makes you un- incredibly stronger. I'm not sure that many people can survive that um, type of pain because mm-hmm. it feels like your newborn baby is stabbing you yeah. in the back. 20 years. But I think it's also human nature. I think it's also people. It's much more common than you would think. People, people get envious. People get greedy. People, mm. people It's like Mike T- that Mike Tyson quote. I can't remember, but it's like people will stab you in the back the moment they can. And if you're strong enough to get back up, Usually you're stronger than the guy that stabbed you in the back. Mm. Mike Tyson says it much more eloquently there, but I get it though. But, uh, adrenaline kicks in and you're ready to fight. But if you have what it takes to found a company and create something out of nothing and create jobs and, and raise capital and, and have vision, if if you, if you can do that once you can do it again, as long as you don't get disheartened, it's really the hard part is getting disheartened, discouraged.
0: And it seems like it all was kind of coordinated and at once. Like Forbes put you on the Hall of Shame list around that time, right? Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like everything was coming at once.
1: Yeah, that that that's um, you know that that Forbes thing. It's like that didn't I mean I've been defamed so many times, but you um you have to learn to be hated in this business. Mm. <clears throat> I think that was something I learned. 10, That was something I learned ten years ago, fifteen years ago, which is that psychologically, being disliked is a very difficult thing for people. And yeah. That was one of my first lessons, which is, you know, Wikipedia, you know, lying about you. There's nothing you can do about so your it. your own page lied about Oh, it's horrible. You? It's wow. li- right now, it's a doctor tapes and all this sort of thing. <laughs> they, they, they highlight no successes and only perceived failures.
0: That's crazy. And Wikipedia is user controlled, right? Like users can edit it. I believe so. So that's, that's just someone probably hating on you or something.
1: Yeah, but it, but it's, it's, it's be lying to say it's not painful, but you have to you have to get used to being hated yeah, and you have to be comfortable with being hated. I think things are changing though. I think there's a populist movement in this country, independent media. I mean, you're doing independent media r- right now. You're yeah. not, you're not a CNN person or a New York
0: times. Person. I love independent media. It's harder to compromise them in my yeah. opinion.
1: Yeah. And, and in my, and in my business, you, you can't have any strings attached either. You can't have anyone telling you what to do or what not to do. Yeah. And it's very liberating. The, the, Newspapers used to say 120 years ago, operate without fear or favor, without fear and without favoritism. But but, but that's really the, the greatest challenge, isn't it? Yeah.
0: How do you think traditional media can be fixed? Because from a business perspective, you know, they're getting all these donations and the advertisers are funding their whole business. So that's kind of why they're being influenced, right? It could be fixed with the right
1: people of character in leadership. If you have men, well, there was a book by a guy named Clarence Jones who wrote a book, he was a reporter in Florida working for these corporate, you know, these, these in the late seventies, early eighties. And so you have to have bosses with balls. Mm. You have to have leadership, men in leadership, men and women who, who, who have strength. Like even that movie Spielberg made about Catherine Graham running the story on the, on the, was that, was it the Pentagon papers or whatever it was. And, yeah. and she told her the guys on the board, let's run it. You, you have to be able to have, testicular fortitude. You have to be able to take the beating and stand up. And I, I just don't think we have a lot of people like that. Any I, I think we if. used to have that. And frankly, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, I think you had this phenomenon where people in media would invest money like as a loss mm. into investigative journalism. Really? Yeah. Like it was a loss leader, meaning they it was not profitable. That particular vertical in the company did not generate the revenue, but they did it anyway. Right, as as a kind of philanthropy in the company. I don't think you have that at all. I think media companies are if you just read the news; they're all losing money and firing people and laying people off. It's hard to find a business model for for journalism. Also, you need you need leaders with the willpower to be kind of philanthropic, take a beating because it's the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, I, I like that point of view. It shouldn't be for the money. You're right. But it sadly it, it it is. It is. I guess. Yeah, they feel like they have thousands of employees they got to take care of. And yeah, they want to be profitable. I see it from their point of view, but
1: that's part of the problem with becoming be, becoming big is that you now it becomes employing people and making sure everyone has a job. And if your motivation is to make money, if your if the purpose of your existence is to generate a profit, then you're not going to do the sorts of things that jeopardize that. Yeah, and and I and I don't I think investigative work is is as i haven't found a business model i'm working on that but i i too i i, I run the company my company's as, as it's a loss leader on the balance sheet mm. sometimes you'll spend half a million dollars doing investigation wow yeah that much and it, yes and sometimes you spend five dollars and you'll get something amazing <laughs> it's not linear but you, you you do what you have to do to get the story
0: now, where does that half a million come from? Break that down for me. Well, it came
1: philanthropically. It, 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 it Project Veritas was the five one C three. People it. donated.
0: No, I'm saying like when you're spending it on the investigation, is it for flights, hotels, like? Well, let's stuff? say you
1: have people. You know, you have fifty employees or seventy employees. You have payroll costs. You have right. legal costs, which are uh, one third of our budget. So, as much as five to seven million a year on lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, you have. The, the, the cost of the overhead, the payroll, the legal, the technology, the training and your time as you grow, the the, the value of your time becomes uh, more expensive. Yeah. So if you're doing whatever, how many stories, uh, a couple dozen a year or a dozen or two dozen a year, then divide the total number of stories about your budget by the total number of stories, you get the cost per, per, per investigation.
0: Mm. And how are you ensuring your, your news company doesn't get compromised like the employees and everything.
1: You mean the new one? Yeah. I think I learned a lot about human nature and I think I learned that I have to be more discerning with people because mm. I've I've always, I've always, as a leader, you try to empower people, even bad people. You try to bring the best out of bad people, right? right? So I would find, I mean, people, citizens come to me and like, I want to do this. I want to do that. And I don't know them from Adam. I don't know if they're good, bad, or evil, good, good person. But if they want to do something that's important, I'll help them do it. Mm-hmm. But maybe they should not be like my right-hand man. Just because I'm, I'm empowering them or assisting them or, or, or training them doesn't mean they have to be as part of my core. Right. core keep your core group real, real tight. And I think you have to find people around you who are not, not for sale. So let, let me put it to you this way. If someone was offered a $25 million bribe and all they had to do was hurt me, mm-hmm. how many people would take that bet?
0: A lot. It's a lot of money.
1: Yeah. And I just met you, I mean, face-to-face here in the last 20 minutes. I don't know you that well. Um, and I don't, I don't assume to know whether you'd take that bet or not. But a lot of people would take that bet. And, yeah. and, and towards the end of my tenure, I kind of, I, my last organization, I kind of I said to myself, you know, we're getting, we're getting pretty big here. And how strong are these people? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be fearless and moral and strong and you, you have to trust each other with your life. Yeah. It's almost like combat. Um, so I would say that certainly when you burned when you're burned so bad like that, you, 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 you're learning a valuable lesson. I think I'll be stronger and wiser as a result of yeah. what I've been through.
0: And you'll scale a lot more slowly on the hiring side, right? Oh, I, I got, <laughs> I got
1: 200 resumes for each position. Damn. Um, I mean, it's an, an unbelievable. I mean, everyone wants a job. I don't know if you experienced this in your, in your business, but everybody wants a job yeah, these yeah. days. And it's like, my position is I'm not just going to give you it. You have to prove yourself. Right. It's like, I want to do undercover journalism. So you think I'm going to hire you and then see if you can do No, no, you have to go do it and then I'll hire you mm, after you do it. Interesting. I'm not going to hire you and then train you and you might fail. Yeah. Here's a camera. Here's an instruction manual. Here's the O'Keefe Academy. OMG, we, we, you can buy it for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. You got all the tools. Go do it. Yeah. And I'll pay you 5,000 bucks or 8,000 bucks, depending on how the video performs. And then I'll talk about whether I want to hire you or not.
0: I like that. Because instead of offering a six-figure salary from yeah. the jump, let me see what you can do first.
1: That's one of the ways that we're doing it now. Yeah.
0: You recently interviewed Vivek, right?
1: Yes. And he interviewed me Is we first, wait, yeah, I went to his uh, Ohio
0: headquarters and we, we did one or the other. Nice. What was your overall take on that? Cause with politicians, it's hard to say. He's definitely
1: I mean. an interesting one. You know, he's, he's, um, I've got more people tell me, Oh, do you trust him? Like everyone says, Oh, what's his deal? Yeah. Or they say, it reminds me of Obama. He's very smooth. Mm. Um, I, I mean, he's very smart. I, I mean, I like a lot of what he says. Mm. I, li- I like what he says. And I'm glad that he's saying a lot of what he says. And and um, I read his book, woke Inc. And mm-hmm. I think we had a great interview and we had some good chemistry. Just we're about the same age. Um, I like, a, you know, some of his experience on, on wall street, working on Goldman Sachs. I talked about that. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's hard. I think people really want to know who, who is he inside? Yeah. What What's his motivation? That's what I was trying to ask him and ascertain and, um he's he's very young i'm very young too Mm -hmm. so we have a lot in common and uh, you can watch that interview and make up your own mind
0: yeah and his perspective is unique because he's coming from the corporation side of things which you're exposing and he has that experience on his belt
1: yes yeah i think the world is is certainly changing inside these companies like uh, jp morgan banks ibm you saw it i think a lot of people are kind of waking up and they're and they're they're wanting to ex, uh, blow the whistle or or expose what's happening. It's, yeah. it's a phenomenon,
0: actually. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know if this has ever happened never. in history. Never, like never this level of exposure. Not where you can just DM someone
1: <laughs> on on X. I mean, back in the day, it was it was fax machines and you know carrier pigeons and, and yeah. everything like that. But these days, it's you could just send me a Signal message from anywhere on the
0: planet. Now, are you trusting Signal in terms of encryption?
1: I mean, there's only so much I can do. I I, I I don't know if I trust anything but God. (laughs) I I have to trust to a degree in order for me to, you know, operate. Yeah. Um, And I'm not dealing yet, not right now, with like national security secrets to the extent of like a Julian Assange or Ed Snowden, at least not yet. I'm sure I'll get there and I'll have to cross that bridge. Very
0: quickly, I think, too.
1: (laughs) I also think I'd be careful with that because, I mean, as a journalist, I have First Amendment rights and protections. Once you start getting into that stuff, uh that's when they start to indict you. Yeah. And you have to be very careful what you say to the source and they'll just accuse you of saying something and with Julian Assange with was it Bradley Manning they indicted him and I think I think his quote was telling Bradley Manning over whatever he was talking over some type of encrypted thing he goes, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, cur- my my curious eyes will never run dry." Mm. Also known as please keep sending me stuff. And that was enough to indict him. Wow. I mean, as a journalist, you can, if someone else is breaking the law, as long as I played no part in it, and I say I'll take a look at whatever you send me, I, I think the journalist has a First Amendment right to receive that, that information.
0: Yeah, I think going up against the government's probably the toughest foe you can face.
1: I've been arrested by the FBI in 2010 and raided by the FBI in 2021. Jeez, that yeah. is
0: crazy. Yeah. Why'd
1: they raid you? Over the president's daughter's diary. Uh, Presidents to Biden daughter Ashley had a diary, and some tipsters tipped us off to it. We looked into it, and we we actually uh, reached out to the Biden campaign for comment. Mm-hmm. And then that the lawyer for the Biden the Biden sent that email to the to the Department of jo- U.S. Wow. Attorneys in New York, and said basically, "I'm trying to extort them." What? I was asking for comment. So then they got a search warrant, a secret warrant in 2021 to get my emails, records, photos. Secret, What is like what they do to terrorists. Yeah. And then a year later, they raided my home. That is Took insane. my two phones. Complete insanity.
0: Damn, you must, You probably had a lot of stuff on your phones too. That's, that's terrible. Well,
1: what, 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 I mean, think about what you have on your phone. And not, certainly nothing criminal, but personal things. Memories. Personal things. Bank and, accounts. And then they can leak that to the New York Times. And yeah. So it's very psychologically ter- terrifying.
0: Wow. I also saw on your Instagram, uh, someone was tapping your phone or something. Oh,
1: I mean, I don't have any direct evidence of that. Certain, just circumstantial. You know, yeah. it, it's certainly suspicious stuff happening.
0: I mean, at your level, you probably just assume you're you're being watched or something. Yeah, or something.
1: you have to. I call it the twelve jurors rule. You, you, twelve jurors rule. You always have to assume there's someone watching. So never do anything that you'd be ashamed of doing. Right. It's your private life, personal in your bedroom. That's different. I'm just talking about in your business affairs. You know, in your um operating and doing an investigation, you you can't keep secrets in this business. The only real secret you can actually legally keep is the identity of a source. The the Supreme Court has protected that. Interesting. And the Supreme Court has also protected the identity of a donor, a a financial person. Their First Amendment right to associate with you. Yeah. That's actually a case from 1954, uh, NAACP case, because people were donating to that organization to protect African-Americans mm-hmm. and the, the donors didn't want to be retaliated against. Yeah. So that's the same uh, uh, right. But other than those two things, your life has to be an open book.
0: Yeah. James, I can't believe we're out of time already. I just looked and we're out zero, but... Where can people find you, man? And what are you
1: working on? Um, com, And I'm working on these whistleblowers in immigration and corporate America and uh, in 2024 elections. Stay tuned.
0: Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for watching, guys. As always, see you next time.